Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. A lot of new things going on, like a new new daily routine, like I said, new teammates, new coaches, new everyone. So it's just like it almost felt like the first day of school coming here, the first day. You're trying to like meet everyone, remember everybody's names. Uh, that's something that's important to me. I always try to like remember people's names. So I'm, I'm getting there. I don't know everyone's names yet, but going out there, you got a new practice routine and it's different in the NFL from college. You got more open windows of time. I mean, as rookies, we're kind of here for majority of the day, but we still got some open pockets of time where we got to kind of lay it out and you have to have a plan each day. Like, okay, I got an hour here. What do I want to do? How do I want to take care of my body? I want to get in the training room and, and do this. I want to go out and practice 20 minutes early to make sure I'm ready. So little things like that, that it's cool to have veterans around you because they do those things and they can kind of show you. Because coming from college, you're on a tight schedule. They, everyone tells you where to go and you're here and there. And that's just how your day is. You know, it's not really like you're putting the thought into what like your routine is. But here you kind of make that yourself and based on what you need. So that's something that's new. And like I think the biggest thing, just learning how to be a pro with things like that. That is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, spoken the last 24 hours. I don't think we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence after OTAs tomorrow when the media gets a chance to go out there uh, and watch him practice. I think uh, they'll probably take it easy with Trevor. Probably have some veterans talking instead. I honestly don't think we'll hear from Tebow either. So that will be interesting. When do they roll Tebow out? But it's a tough situation for the kind of the PR department. Right, I think the marketing of this all—it's uh, you kind of want to capture that if you're any business and organization yeah. and get your name out there, and everybody's asking, "Hey, can we hear from Tebow? Can we hear from Tebow about playing tight end?" Blah 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 blah. Well, I think they have to be very cautious of, "Hey, here's Tim Tebow, 90th guy on the roster right now, but here's Tim Tebow, and we're gonna, you know, but no, yeah. we're gonna promote him being the top story." That's a gentle, delicate balance internally in the locker room and with the organization at the moment. So I don't think we'll hear from Tebow this week. Maybe we do in the next couple of weeks. It's definitely a delicate balance. you got to play this thing accordingly. At the same time, though, don't you get the sense that if you put Tebow out there after you know the, the first media you know showing, like then do you kind of save yourself from some of the other his teammates that have to answer the questions on his behalf? Right? Because like I, I get the sense that and whoever is available tomorrow will say DJ Chark or, or Travis Etienne. But you get the sense that through that conversation, through that press conference, there will be one Tim Tebow question. It's a good call. It's a really good so thought. So why not be, you know, why not get ahead of this and just have Tebow come out right away? Like I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of <laughs> PR, but well, no, I think well, listen, I think these are the conversations they have. I've yeah. been around the PR business <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Uh, the media relations part of it from this end, I know what we ask, and listen, sometimes we drive them nuts, and uh, you know, PR folks, not just the Jags, I'm talking about in general, they drive us nuts. Like, sure, this we would probably be saying the same thing. I think this one's really interesting. It's a, it's a great. I always say this when you get these interesting cases. I'm like, man, this is great in journalism class, right? Mm-hmm. Or marketing class, or what class? Tebow could probably fill a couple of roles in what class you could teach at UNF or JU about how to handle this. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's a perfect way to handle it because you bring up a really good point. I didn't really think about it from that point of view, and that's the one thing that players could get aggravated about is. Like even Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think we've heard from Montebo yet, but we will before the end of the show. But he was asked during this was a Gatorade National Player of the Year presentation, right? <laughs> yeah. That he's giving to a young man yeah. uh, that that won the award on yeah. a national level, 
And, of course, he's going to be asked football questions, but he's also asked about Tebow. And what's yeah. the story in the headline today that you saw everywhere on ESPN? And we retweeted it. We have it on ESPN690.com. Trevor Lawrence doesn't think Tebow's yeah. a distraction. He For welcomes sure. uh, Tebow in, and he's going to work his butt off. And that was the story, more than him handing out an award for the Gatorade Player of the Year, which which those guys know that's part of it. But to your point, that's a fascinating view. Do you do it now and just get it out of the way? Yeah. Because then you don't have to hear from Tebow again, at least. To, you don't have to say, hey, all right, we gave him TNN. We're not going to do it again for you know sometime in the middle of August. Yeah. Or do you just keep creating the requests and the anticipation and the buildup and the, we want to hear from Tebow. Yeah. And while we're doing all that, we're going to ask Malcolm Brown and Trevor Lawrence and DJ Chark and uh, Rayshon Jenkins and so, all these yeah. guys about, hey, what does Tebow look like? I think it's a very good point, but well, I think it's one of those things they have to delicately balance from a locker room standpoint, but also from a building standpoint. But, but you said it, Brent, and obviously the locker room – and how they feel about it should be the, the number one priority, right? Because that's the first step, if you're Urban Meyer, is building that culture. So the reason why I bring it up, why you should have them out there right away, is because if too many guys start getting asked these Tim Tebow questions, like you said, Trevor Lawrence was asked about it today, giving the, the Gatorade National Player of the Year. I'm surprised they didn't ask the high school kid about Tim Tebow as well while they are at it. I just get the sense that if we hear this Tebow narrative too much in the media, and we talk to his teammates too much about it, you could, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could lead to maybe some discrepancies, more more than you would want, right? Like if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm trying to get out ahead of this thing, and I'm trying to set my, my team up and the culture up to, you know, let's not have any kind of riffs. Um, let's start things on, on a good note. Yes, Tim Tebow brings the media attention. We all knew that was coming. It is what it is. But I think you can expedite the process of, of you know, maybe the frustration of the players if you don't, um, you know, if you don't put them out there right away because then they have to answer on Tebow's behalf. And I'll be honest with you because I've had, not to that extent, but sometimes it gets annoying where it's like, hey, you know, is Aaron Campman, how's his knee doing? Like, I mean, I don't, go ask him. You know, like, that's kind of the, the classic cliche answer a player is going to give. Like, why don't you go ask him yourself? Because yes. I have no idea. So I think if we're talking about Tim Tebow there, it could rub some players the wrong way. Now, they're all professionals, right? So I think on the surface, they'd be fine. But I think deep down, walking back to that locker room, there could be some frustration that starts to boil. Yeah, and you've brought this up for a while. That's where, like, the people on the outside who say, oh, this is going to be a problem inside the locker room, it's not the Tebow is a problem. It's the attention to it that could be an issue. And you've been very consistent yeah. with this. And I've kind of blo- I've kind of give you a little brushback on that. Be like, yeah, you know what? Especially, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I say that with – I don't think it's going to be the case early on. Travis Etienne getting asked a question about it on a day, fine. Trevor Lawrence, fine. Next guy up, fine. Now, we get to – yeah, you get to a veteran. At, uh, I don't know if Marvin Jones wants to be asked about it. And, again, I think once or even twice is fine. But once you start getting to three, four, five times, every t- by the by the end of June – if you're now being asked about this a handful of times, that's when the stuff I think you're talking about could set in. Yeah. I don't know when that exact point is, but I think that's when people are like, oh, my gosh. Will you just let him talk? Yeah, let him yeah, go out yeah. there and talk, For right? Sure. So I think that's a, it's a fascinating study. Like, I really – listen, I, I know PR folks in a lot of places. There are a lot of good folks down at JAG's headquarters. Absolutely. I think they have these kind of discussions. I think it's – Tebow has – challenged PR departments for the better part of 15 years at how to handle things yeah. from minor league baseball to the Florida Gators to the Denver Broncos, the Jets, 
the Eagles, the Jags now. I mean, it's it's that kind of story. And so uh, how they do handle it and the impact of that will be will be fascinating well, to watch. Well, real quick, Brett, because obviously, I mean, you've had a lot of experience with this. You've covered this team for a while now. What would be the advantage of not putting Tebow out there right away for the media? Is it to try to build the hype? Because I feel like that's all. I mean, you don't. who no. cares about that? So then what's the advantage of keeping him on the sidelines, pun intended, and, you know, waiting for him to come on later to talk to the media? I think the the directive, if he is not talking, is more from the top. And when I say that, I mean Urban Meyer. It's like, listen, he's like, would they be asking for the 88th guy on the roster to be out there for an interview? No. No. Well, then they're not going to get the 90th guy. Okay. But to your point, is he anticipating the other side of it? Is he seeing that? Yeah. So I believe Tebow's not going to talk this week. I don't know if he talks next week. I don't know if he even talks at all during this stage. Yeah. But I think that will be a planned strategy to say he's just another player on this roster and you're not asking to talk to the fourth string left guard yeah. right now. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know? Just let him talk. Though. Let him get his endorsements. Let him beat out Zach Wilson in national endorsements. And let's go on our merry way. Uh, let's bring in Josh Scobie, former Jags player, former teammate of yours. And uh, we've got a bunch of topics for Scobie. We appreciate him taking a couple minutes to join us. I'm going to start with the Tebow topic. Do you think this could <laughs> in- invade the locker room a little bit? We're actually trying to play the PR department how when do you have Tebow talk should you have him talk does he just blend into the locker room how do you think this is going to go down man and by the way hope you're doing well oh wow that was uh quite the intro so uh a lot of things could be said but I mean number one uh I mean I've been a Tebow fan since since day one in terms of being here when he was in high school uh, through college and kind of hoping that he was going to get drafted to the Jaguars. So the fact that it's 2021 and he has signed with the Jags, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but uh, crazier things have happened in sports. So honestly, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch. I want to get your take on Brooks and Bryson in a moment, but let me just get to uh, <laughs> why I really asked you to come on the show. And <laughs> That's Adam Benatieri. <laughs> you know, when Benatieri retired, uh, I always think back of something you told me when you were still playing. And I forget where we were. It might have been in Indianapolis. And I might have said something like, I can't believe he's still doing this. And you said something to the effect of, he's getting better. Like his leg is even stronger. Uh, and you were almost wowed by just how good Benatieri still was. What's your take on 24 years in the NFL, Adam Benatieri? I mean, that guy was my kicking hero uh, even before I started kicking. Uh, I mean, I, I can still remember coming into the NFL, my rookie year was 04, um, and that was Vinatieri's probably fifth or sixth year in the NFL. And the guy just retired today. So I got 12 good years in the NFL, and he just retired. So uh, he's, he's had an amazing career with two teams which is even that much more impressive. Two basically Hall of Fame careers with two teams. And, I mean, he's probably just about every kicker in, in my generation or even the generation before me, uh, their, their kicking hero because of what he did in the Super Bowls and just how amazing he was. But, you know, fortunately I got to play against him a bunch of times, uh, whether it was against the Patriots or against the Colts. So had a lot of conversations with him. Um, 
I mean, he was he was my my idol, um, if you can have one as a kicker. So good dude, uh, amazing kicker, and can't wait to watch him go into the Hall of Fame. Josh, when we talk about the Hall of Fame, right, it's all about the championships. It's about the longevity. Obviously, Vinatieri has them both. You can make an argument and say he's might probably the, the best to ever do it. When you talk about the best at one's position, regardless of where they play, if they're a kicker or a quarterback, like don't you feel like Benetieri, regardless of who the class is going to be, should be a first ballot kind of guy? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what position you are, like you said. Uh, if, if you retire and your eligibility comes up for the Hall of Fame and you were the best to ever do it at your position leading up to that point, you should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, even if you were – second or third but given the fact that he's a kicker um and how we you know most people are going to be biased towards kickers in terms of the that type of voting uh he should still be uh first ballot hall of famer josh Kobe with us uh talk a little bit about adam venetieri as venetieri retires after 24 years uh, josh he doesn't have the biggest leg of all time i know his leg got better and stronger and, and bigger and he was able to uh you know still make whatever, 48, 52-yard field goals, whatever it might be. But I don't think that's how he goes down. Is he the greatest because of, one, longevity, two, clutch nature? Uh, nobody maybe made more big kicks. And and then, obviously, you can go deep dive into the numbers like field goal percentage and, and all the rest of them. Is it, What stands out to you that says, bam, that's the, he's my hero because of this, but also he's the greatest because of this? Well, you can look at pretty much every – postseason game that he played in uh, I mean whether it's Super Bowls he won four he should have uh, actually won five I believe I, I believe I think he was on IR on the team well, one year that the Colts won it um, that Matt Stover actually kicked in the game uh, whenever Vinatieri was hurt but his postseason record alone is unbelievable he has the most field goals the most points scored uh, the most extra points uh, regular season, the most points scored in the history of the game by a good margin now. And if he were to ever play again, that would just keep going. And no one's ever going to break that record. Um, so we're talking about the best in terms of statistically in the history of the NFL. And, uh, I mean, it, it's hard for anyone to say he's not the best of all time as we stand here today. Josh, you know, like if you you played baseball and you broke down a pitcher from the casual eye, it's like, all right, well he throws fast or he's got a good slider. It is what it is. But like we can't really break down the mechanics of what makes a pitcher so great. I feel like the same thing could be said about the you know the kicking position, where it's like I can watch Venetieri and say, okay, obviously he's he's super accurate. Uh, he's got ice water running through his veins in the clutch situations. But like just what about his his technique, the approach, whatever it was, what made him so good? He was really good at, at doing the same thing over and over and over in terms of repeating his mechanics. And that's hard to do, uh, especially whenever you're, you know, you're dealing with wind or you know, bad kicking situations. Um, it's hard to repeat your mechanics. I mean, as you know, if you're you know, a defensive end, your mechanics are not going to be the same every time you come off the ball. Um, yeah. And same with the quarterback. Joe, Joe, Cohen always, all, Joe Cohen always used to yell at me about that, so I, I'm aware, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So <laughs> he was he was very good at repeating his mechanics and keeping them the same and pretty much doing what he needed to do to get the ball through the uprights, especially in clutch situations, whether it was 
the playoffs, uh, a regular season game-winning field goal, um, a 40-yard field goal in the first quarter, a Super Bowl-winning kick, you could always see that his mechanics stayed the same. And even late in his career, I kind of noticed that his mechanics changed a little bit because he was getting to be 40 years old and his leg wouldn't extend the way it, it did whenever he was 25. But he still did everything up to the pre-kick that looked all the same. And, I, I mean, I could probably walk out here right now and copy all of his, his mannerisms and do what he did and not be able to do what he did on the field. And, I mean, that's what the really good athletes do. They can keep everything the same in terms of their mechanics, even whenever they're extremely nervous. Yeah, heightened situation, heartbeats faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Benatieri still got it done. Josh Scobie with us. All right, man, we got a, this is a great day to have you on. appreciate you taking a few minutes. But Bryson and Brooks, I mean, what is going on? Are you as entertained as we are with all of this? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know me. I'm a golf nerd, and uh, I've been enjoying this back and forth and, and all the, the little things that have been going on. Austin probably doesn't have a clue about all this stuff, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been fun to watch these two, you know, these jug heads going at it. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, they're, they're honestly two of the biggest – golf dorks that you'll ever have in your life um and but it's been fun to watch them whether it's on social media or through the actual media uh, so yeah it's been entertaining to say the least josh i'll be honest i don't know what's going on but i had to educate myself because i can't turn away from this i'm a very very as you know casual <laughs> golf fan but but even i'm like very intrigued like to me this is like jake paul you know fighting floyd mayweather yeah. whoever the case may be so, but, like, what I brought up earlier on in the show when we were talking about this, like, is this real, though? Because the, the pettiness is off the charts. But I almost oh, yeah. feel like, but I feel like it's kind of contrived where it's like th- they're in on this together. They're texting each other, like, but behind our backs saying, all right, let's mess with the media now. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, do they really not like each other or is this kind of contrived? I don't think it's contrived at all. Uh, I mean, I think they're polar opposites. You have – the Bryson DeChambeau, who is the super analytical uh, nerd golfer that goes everything by the numbers, analyzes every single thing, barometric pressure, distance, uh, if you're at sea level, not at sea level, the humidity, <laughs> all, all these little things. And then uh, Kepka, who just gets out there and says, all right, it's 150 yards, it's in the morning, and I'm going to hit uh, nine iron. So, it, you know, they're, they're basically polar opposites in the way they go about things and the way that they handle the media and the way that they deal with pretty much everything. So I think that video was kind of a microcosm of the way they handle their day-to-day life and, and their business. And I think something was said that you probably couldn't hear, um, and I've watched that video probably you know, 50 times trying to figure out what Bryson had said or, or what someone had said to make Brooks roll his eyes and get that mad. But, hey, we all know that feeling. We all want to roll our eyes a lot. And yeah. so something must have been said that made him that angry. And uh, the the funny part was the next day of what Bryson DeChambeau put on Instagram of him doing these, like, half curls with 100 – pound uh dumbbells and something setting his stupid. career back by 10 years at least with those curls like what are you, are you trying to rip your shoulder apart <laughs> like what is going on with this dude 
and I, I've been around both of these guys, and they look like they're big dudes, but they are literally my size. And <laughs> it, it's kind of funny when people are like, oh, my God, these guys could be linebackers in the NFL. I'm like, yeah, they could be linebackers, but they would not make the team and um, <laughs> might be on the practice squad. So it, it's it's kind of a funny situation. And they're both playing it up, and they'll get more follows and, and more clicks and the golf world were, you know, will will be a lot more happier because this is going on. Well, and Josh, and here's the most important question about everything. And like you said, you spent time with both these guys, so you kind of know them in and out. You you you've sized them up a couple times. If this thing was to transpire and take place in a clubhouse parking lot, uh, who are we taking here? Are we taking Brooks? Are we taking Bryson? And what round? Well, I think if you were to analyze it like like Bryson would. He would probably have to break it down to where, you know, listen, there's three parking spaces here. They're six feet wide here. I'm going to take two of these parking spaces, Brooks. You can have that one. And Brooks would be like, I don't care what goes on. I'm just going to kick your ass right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Brooks. I think he's a little more old school, and he'd come out as like a brawler. He probably didn't even study his opponent going into it and just come out and punch him in the face, and it'd be over. Uh, no doubt about I mean, it. if ESPN MMA right. doesn't hire Josh Scobie as some kind of golf analyst, golf MMA, challenge. golf MMA thing, they're doing they're doing themselves a disservice. I'm just saying. Hey, Stephen A. Smith, take take the day off. Let Josh Scobie come on. Josh Scobie, thanks for joining us, man. Hope your family's well. Hope the golf game is good. I'm at Baker Sporting Goods today. We're here with the show. If you want me to get you a new glove or bat for the little guys, so we can do that. I know they're playing a lot of ball. Yeah, I'm at uh, baseball practice right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, all right, man. Hello to the family. Thanks for jumping on for a few minutes. All right, guys. Be good. All right, uh, that's Josh Scobie, former Jaguars kicker. Talking to Adam Venateri. Talked a little Tim Tebow. Yep. Talked a little Brooks and Bryson. Yeah. Covered it all. That's great. We should have got him on air fryer or not. I know, right? I mean, I feel like Scobie's got an opinion about everything. It's fantastic. I love it. He's always fun to have on. Do, uh, are you taking? Uh, I see you thinking here. Are you taking Brooks? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Be real. I think Bryson would be a huge underdog. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. He's, he's got him in size, though, right? Bryson does? Now, you know, Josh brings up a very good point there. Yeah. There's a lot of folks, like even Tiger at times, has looked massive sure. on TV. Yeah. But then you go see him and you're like, he's not that big. I'm like, not going mean, to lie. I've seen, he's like, better shaped than a sure. lot of guys, but he's not that big. Like, I see pictures of Bryson. I think he, like, he's like 6'5", you know, exactly. 260. Like, he's, it's not he the looks case. huge. Yeah, okay. Right? It's just not the case. And so yeah. I, he's very accurate about that. And I think TV makes these guys look so big sometimes, sure. whether it's a camera angle or not. I mean, I just remember that first time I ever saw Tiger Woods. I was like, he was so much bigger on the video game. <laughs> Like, that's what I remember thinking. Sure. I was like, that's all he is? Is that really Tiger's well, look I mean, that's all you, you can test this because you interviewed that Matt Hughes way back in the day. MMA fighters look huge. They do. On TV. It doesn't matter the weight class. And also, you see someone in real life, 135 pounds, it's like, oh, dude, you're tiny. Yeah, not yeah. that big. Not that big. But you're right. Look, yeah. it's amazing what TV does. That's 10 pounds. Just watching believe it. every night on TV. That's <laughs> and Fox 30. In a different kind of way. We'll be back. Baker Sporting Goods. We're live until 6 o'clock. We'll have some more football at 5 coming up as well on ESPN 6. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's, there's your clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using that tonight. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
He looks good. He looks great. Uh, he was in here last week for the first time, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, he's gotten a few practices with us. He looks great. You can tell he's just a guy that you want to be around. Character is awesome. Just had a few conversations with him, and I can already tell. Um, and then just a hard worker. You know, no one's going to work harder than him. And those are the kind of guys you want in your locker room that you want to be around every day. So, um, And then I'm excited to see what he does on the field as well. We've got a few days, and he looks great. He's in, he's in awesome shape. I had never met Tim until last week, so I didn't really know him, but I was intrigued by, like you said, um, his character, his work ethic, and kind of what he's been able to do through his life on the field, off the field, all those things are, are really interesting. So I was excited to meet him, and uh, now, and then when it was official, you know, I saw him in the locker room and had a few good conversations, and I really like him. Well, that's an interesting note right there. Yeah. Do you think the high school kid was standing next to him when he's like, no, I think it's like a different sort of oh, thing. So, yeah. uh, well, that was interesting that he had never met Tebow before. I would figure yeah. with the, I know it's the SEC and ACC, but I just figure with all the big games, Tebow's at some of the national title True. things, the semifinals, whatever. I would just think the paths would cross mm-hmm. for Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow to at least, hey, how you, how you doing? Or how do you do? Or yeah. what's up? Or whatever. Um, and, that, that was just, that's interesting to me. No, <laughs> like, you're not wrong. It doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of interesting to me. I will say this. If you listen to that conversation right there mm-hmm. of Trevor Lawrence and what he's saying, and he's doing it about Tim Tebow, who's obviously a very polarizing figure and going to get all this attention. And it was the headline, by the way, Trevor, how he reacted. It's the headline on ESPN. It's on the bottom line. Uh, and he handled it beautifully. If you didn't know Trevor Lawrence's voice and we guessed the soundbite. Yeah. You could have been like, was that Dabble Swinney talking about somebody? True. No, that's a good point. Or was that Nick Saban talking about somebody? He sounds like a coach. Yeah. Like, he is so well-versed. That's why that whole Tannenbaum thing just still gets me that that they thought this would be a big deal. Mm -hmm. Nothing's a big deal for Trevor Lawrence. Nothing is that big of a deal for Trevor Lawrence. He's been living this since he was... 13 years old, yeah. and he's so comfortable. That's a 22-year-old kid talking like that, you know? I well, mean, 22-year-old kid, 22-year-old young man yeah. who's who's obviously, this is nothing. Like, these questions are nothing. That's fine. I'll answer it the right way. Like, nothing really bothers me. I, I just, I think what it does, it, it strikes me in the same vein as Josh Allen struck me when I first met him in it's Nashville when he got drafted. It's a good call. There's a maturity about some players at 22 years old that you're, like, struck by. You're like, wow. Yeah. Because, listen, we've covered some that were immature. And, by the way, that's okay because you're 21, 22 years old. You're supposed but, to be, really. But Dante Fowler Jr., when you met him, you knew he was kind of an immature kid, yeah. young I'm man. Sure, I'm sure when you, you met know, me, you thought that about yeah, me. Definitely, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily a knock. Now, it can get you in some trouble, and it did at times for Dante. Yeah. But then when you see the other side of it, and you see guys like Trevor and Josh Allen, you're like, my gosh, it looks like they've been doing this for as long as Calais Campbell's been doing this. You know what's wild that, that I sit here and think about and listen to Trevor Lawrence talk about Tim Tebow and obviously mature beyond his years, handle it very gracefully, uh, didn't misspeak at all. I mean, season pro, hands down. But what's amazing to me is that if we look at Trevor Lawrence's career from high school into college and the accolades that he's received, I mean, you know, we're, we're calling this guy the biggest um, quarterback out of college since Andrew Luck. But, like, surprisingly, what I think him and Andrew Luck really have in common that doesn't get really talked about a lot, 
think about how talented these guys are. Well, Trevor Lawrence now, obviously. Like, think about just, you know, undoubtedly the, the first overall pick, you know, highly rated. I mean, checks every single box, all this stuff. But, like, when we see him in the media and, and when we, like, we talk, we see him on social media, like, it's not to the point where it's, like, polarizing where it's, like, he's must-see TV, right? Like, what I mean, like, yeah. think about, like, Johnny Menzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about Baker Mayfield. Every time he opened his not, mouth, right? Not as talented, I, I don't think. I mean, we'll see with Baker Mayfield. You know, we'll see what happens there. But Johnny Menzel, obviously not as talented. But as soon as they got drafted and they went to the respective teams, like, it was the Johnny Menzel show. Uh, it seemed to be, like, the Baker Mayfield show. No, a lot of that had to do with, you know, their comments and things like that. But, like, it was more for what they had to say as opposed to what you saw on the field. Yeah. We think Trevor Lawrence could, could be an all-pro in a couple years. You know, he could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But, like, right now where we're at, because, once again, this is the rookie season, the first year, the national media, I don't think it's really treating it that way. It's not like, well, how is Trevor Lawrence's shoulder doing? How is he doing for his first OTAs? Like, nobody cares right now. Because he doesn't have that personality that's a hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah, yeah. He does his play, you know, he, he lets his play do the talking, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, that's it's a good point, and it's I think it's a it's a tough point to illustrate sometimes, mm-hmm. but I do think when you he- hear him talk, that stuff comes across. Brent Martineau, Austin Light, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live here at Baker's Sporting Goods for another half hour or so. Baker's Sporting Goods, part of the ESPN690.com Dream 18 card. Uh, you can get it on ESPN690.com. Get a free shirt. Sign up for the Dream 18 card. 45 bucks. That's all it is right now. Best deal in town. Easiest gift for dad. Easiest gift for yourself. <laughs> Discounted golf. Free stuff. And that free stuff included right here at Baker's Sporting Goods. You get a free shirt with the Dream 18 guard card. Go get it. ESPN690.com. While supplies last, by the way. But to your point, that's a really good point. Because there's a, there's a smoothness to Trevor Lawrence. That what you said kind of relative to, say, a Johnny Manziel, who he knew was like a persona, and even a Baker Mayfield, who kind of came with this persona, at least that was built in the media. Trevor Lawrence doesn't come with a persona. He comes with a game. Correct. But I will say I've been equally as surprised, I don't know about surprised, but a little bit surprised that he's hit the endorsement market so quickly and richly. Yeah. Because this seems like a world we live in that the persona drives it more than the game. True. You know what I mean? True. And so uh, it's not a knock on him. I love the fact that he's just so even keel and smooth. Like I told you, it, it felt like the royal family was coming to Jags headquarters when he arrived on that Friday after the yeah. draft. Like there is that kind of aura about but, him. There's that sense about him. There is there's something so cool about Trevor Lawrence. But I think us – the media and many others are still trying to figure out the personality of Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah. I, I'd be lying if I said I know what his person. How funny is he? I don't know. Yeah. How serious but, is he all the time? Is he dry humor? Like, we don't know that stuff. We'll sure. learn about it, maybe, we'll about if it. he lets us in. Yeah. But we don't really know that about Trevor Lawrence. But this is the cool thing, too, if you want to compare it to other elite NFL quarterbacks. And, and then that's to have the right persona. You know, when Aaron Rodgers first came in the league, now granted it was different circumstances because he wasn't the starter right away, but even when he came in the league, like, we didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was all about, right? Like, he wasn't really the off-field distraction. Tom Brady, the same thing. Once again, different circumstances. But even Russell Wilson, well, let's be honest, Russell Wilson, third round, third round pick, right? Uh, third round. Yeah, third, third round pick. Wasn't supposed to be the guy right away, ends up becoming the guy, but once again, what do we know about Russell Wilson? Not that much. He seems to be a, a former baseball player out of Wisconsin. Seemed like a pretty humble and low-key kind of guy. It's like you, you see Sierra. these. Huh? I'm sorry? Sierra. 
Yeah, well, and, and it now see it. Well, that hey, and now look what he's doing. I know. And who knows? I mean, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence could be rocking a couple gold chains in a couple years. We'll see what happens. But I'm saying right now, you know, Trevor Lawrence is permless. He's looking good. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but my point, like, if you want to compare to the upper echelon, even like Big Ben, I feel like when he came into the league, wasn't really like that. Um, it's just, it's not about me, me, me. It's about we, we, we. And I get that. It's easier said than done. But I feel like Trevor Lawrence lives that. You know, it, it, I, you got me kind of fascinated now because I wonder if we will know the persona of a Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, if you were going to create a bucket of quarterbacks, you kind of put Johnny Manziel and even like that that the the view of him, the perception. This might be unfair to uh, say a Baker or Mayfield, but sure. you would put in that bucket. Yeah. Right. You'd put like Peyton Manning in the bucket of probably. Uh, and Andrew Luck, sure, as well. I think, uh, I, yeah, I'd put like Josh Allen in there now. Like, if you want to talk about new school quarterbacks, that's fine. Josh Allen yeah. goes in there. Uh, it's funny you bring up Russell Wilson mm-hmm. because I would put kind of Russell Wilson and oh, like now Trevor he's in the, yeah in that similar bucket. And yeah. the reason why is because I think both, at least that we've learned about, are very faithful, mm-hmm. right? They actually, you know, while while that became a polarizing or Sometimes people viewed it as polarizing for Tebow over the years. It hasn't been for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I think, speaks and says a lot of the same things that Tebow has for years and years. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if he speaks it as much, but I think he lives it. Absolutely. Like a Russell Wilson and, a, and everybody that I went and home to his hometown, Cartersville, talks about his faith. For sure. You know, yeah. I don't know if I hear him talking about that as much, maybe as a Tebow or even a Russell Wilson. But I think he lives like yeah. those guys, and so I don't. I, I guess from the outside looking in, I'd put him in that kind of bucket. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting how we still perceive. Like it's like the media, the fans, the everybody else, the talk shows. They kind of build your persona, and and that's unfair to some. It might be unfair to a guy like Baker Mayfield, right? Quite honestly, it might no, even sure. be unfair to some degree for a guy like Johnny Manziel. Yeah. But it might help a guy like Russell Wilson or even a Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? But, but what have we seen though? I mean, and Johnny Manziel is obviously the the classic story here of where I think it was too much for him, right? Where the, the outside perception of what he brought to the table, um, he couldn't live up to that type of hype, that type of spotlight, and it became a distraction for him. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, I love that kind of philosophical look at these guys. And yeah, I think we're going to cool. learn a lot more about Trevor Lawrence along the way. Yeah. Um, as these years go by and and we get to know him a little bit more. But yep. I, I will say that. I, I don't feel like I went to his hometown. I think, I feel like I know what Trevor Lawrence is all about. Yeah. But I can't tell you I feel like I know who Trevor Lawrence is. Well, like, let me ask you this I, question. I only met him one time. Is this why Hard Knocks is, a, is an absolute must this season for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, but because I'm not sure we'd learn much in that from ah, him. You're going to learn a little something. He's savvy about that. He's smart enough. Yeah, he you're going to learn a little something. In. See, that's why I do think about Lawrence. I, I think Lawrence, he's going to, when he wants to let you in, he'll let you in. Okay. But a lot of times, I don't think he's going to let you in. Okay. I think he knows when to do that. And, and All right. Not. All right. That's my gut on him. I don't, I don't know for sure. No, I mean, you're, you're probably right. We'll see. Um interesting stuff around the quarterback position here in Jacksonville. One more segment to go. We're live at Baker Sporting Goods here on ESPN 690. It's been busy. I think that's uh, not typical for most like new marriages. Usually get some time to have to have yourself, but uh, it's been awesome. Marissa 
My wife is, is amazing. I think just having her by my side helps so much and all the things that I have to deal with and that we have to deal with. She's, she carries it all well. So, um, I've been proud of kind of how she's handled it. Cause it's not easy for her, you know, working long hours, gone a lot and she's awesome. So it's been going great. Thanks for asking, man. <laughs> he's wise behind him, beyond wow. his ears, man. I mean, he really is. I, I assume he's talking about his wife yes, right there, right? Yeah, he's an impressive young guy. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, you can... Yeah, man. I, I, I just, it's interesting to hear him talk about other things, right? Not that we're just asking about yeah. the, the typical, like, hey, how are you going to throw it to DJ Chark? And, and in that setting... Now, listening to that sound, really, it's the first time I've heard the sound. Yep. I, I knew uh, Marcel was on the call yesterday because we were live on air during it, and um, that, that story pretty much came out today. But um, with with uh, if you're just jumping into, that's Trevor Lawrence. who been playing sound for him all afternoon. He was handing out the uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year Award, and while on a call with some media members, he answered some other uh, questions as well. But it, it's, it's impressive, and everything, again, uh, everywhere we went, Cartersville to Clemson to Clemson, you know, conversation with Dabo Swinney, conversation with whoever. Yeah. They they tried to tell me, and I tried to relay to everybody else. I just didn't really know what it looked like, and I still really don't fully. Said, hey, unbelievable football player, but a better human being. Mm-hmm. And he's going to change more than just football and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I'm really looking forward to what that is, that how that unfolds, and say in five years or ten years, and, and let's hope there's wins and wins and impact that he makes in the community and other things, I can come back to this conversation and the conversations that we've had every time I've mentioned that, and I said, ah, that's what it looked like, you know, because yeah. it's really hard to, other than telling me Peyton Manning built Indianapolis, like I can I can see that happening here with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Like we've made that comparison before, yeah, uh, from the city to stadium to everything else. Uh, that comes with a lot of W's, by the way. I, Other than that, I can't really fully grasp what everybody says about him, but the more you listen to him talk, I mean, again, yeah. you talk about a 22-year-old kid who sounds like he's, uh, well, again, I keep saying kid. For me, yeah. is, I'm double his age, So, uh, especially <laughs> after yesterday. But, you know, that's a 22-year-old young man that sounds like he's he's 35, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to over-exaggerate things and have my head too far in the clouds, but, like, so far for Trevor Lawrence – like if this was a test right now, um, you know, and obviously we're on the first page of a of a hundred page test, but he he's been acing everything so far, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, we're at Baker Sporting Goods. I'm gonna wrap the show with this, okay? Uh, I've said this before. I I think we had this conversation. Might have been on or off here. But you know, like the plus two mentality thing, like yes. Urban's got going on. Yes. What I say is, why don't businesses utilize that more in their buildings? Okay. Right? So if you go into a, a college okay. building, yep. football, baseball, basketball, whatever, you name the sport, mm-hmm. you go into, heck, a lot of high schools. Mm-hmm. You go into a professional building, and they've got these mantras, and they've got these sayings. You did it. You could probably, course, give, me, you probably give me 30 different T-shirts you've Tal- had over the years. Talent beats, uh, yeah, something like, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. The, the weight room's not for every – I'm sorry. The, the weight room isn't for everybody, but neither is playing time. Yeah, I mean, you can go on and on with it. <laughs> so, we're looking at a wall. You can't see it, by the way, if you, even if you watch on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, because we're facing the other way. We're looking at Baker Sporting Goods. They have a meeting room, and that's what we're in. And you got the showroom out there. And don't forget to come on by for all your baseballs, your bats, your basketballs, lacrosse sticks, jerseys, uniforms, hats, everything. You know Baker Sporting yep. Goods. But they got – 
I mean, they got a wall full of these sayings yep. that's probably been used in a lot of these different places. Yeah. Respect. Stay humble. Work hard. I can and I will. Your only limit is your sacrifice. I could have done the whole show on just doing this. Be unstoppable. Forget the mistake. Remember the lesson. Sir, tenacious. Tough times never last, but tough people Shout do. Shout to Vince Lombardi right there. That's a Vince Lombardi quote. You only fail when you stop trying. Yeah. Strong. Unruly. Unruly? That's a good one. Don't stop when you are tired. Stop when you are done. Tell me, Brett, let me tell you this. Uh, let me ask you this. Out of all the quotes that you've heard you know, in your athletic career, which is the one that stuck with you the most? <laughs> when we're, we weren't sure we were allowed to put this on the back of a shirt in high school, yeah. but we did the old uh, uh, speak softly and carry a big carry stick. Carry a big stick. I like that, man. Teddy that was, Roosevelt, that right? was the one. Yeah. Was that Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we did that. I like it, man. Uh, so that was that was one I remember. But I guess that's what I was going to ask you. If you had, if you owned a business, yeah. like what one of these sayings would you take? Well, you know what? Be like I'm putting that right when they walk in it's, the door. That's our mission statement. You, you know what? I mean, it's not the most motivating quote for the business, but the one that always sticks out to me. I've talked about it before. Coach Bono, my former special teams coach here in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. When we were having our horrible season, man, won two games the entire year. Halfway through it, team morale was bad, and he shared this quote. I'll never forget it. And it's long, but hopefully we have some time quick. He said, the galleries are full of critics. They play no ball. They fight no fights. They make no mistakes because they attempt nothing. Down in the arena are the doers. They make mistakes because they try many things. The man who makes no mistakes lacks boldness and the spirit of adventure. He who is the one who never tries anything, he is the break of the wheel of progress. And yet it cannot be truly said he makes no mistakes because his biggest mistake is the very fact that he tries nothing, does nothing, except criticize those who do things. Wow, that'd be a big that, wall. Th- it'll be a huge wall. But, it, but, <laughs> but, but, but Coach Bono actually wrote that for me uh, on a piece of paper. Like, it was like really beautiful calligraphy, and I, I hung that in my locker. Uh, that's good yeah. stuff. By the way, uh, I figure Josh Baker here for Baker Sporting Goods just couldn't decide on one, so he just put a whole wall in I it. love it, man. You can't get too that many of those. That what's going on. Yeah. You know, speaking of, I think if I owned a business, I love uh, – Something it's something to the effect. It's not exactly well, something like uh, courageous are those who enter the arena, or yeah, yeah. the courage is for those who enter the arena, or something yep, like that. For that sure. Whatever that saying is, that quote, I like that a lot. Yeah. And as I've gotten older and older, the enter the arena thing is yeah. really fascinating to me in the world of sports, especially in all aspects probably in of business life. too. Hey, Parent thanks to Baker Sporting Goods for having us out. Go get our Dream 18 card on ESPN690.com. We'll see you uh, tomorrow, 3 p.m. on ESPN690. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.